On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. It is good to be here together. Um, let's start with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the thing that had been written, Lord, for our edification, for our um, correction. And we pray that what you want to talk to us this morning will be... Uh, will we'll be well received in our hearts as a good soil, Lord, and will bring fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Sano Patricia was saying, I was reading the same story as, as you just heard from uh, the book of Luke, and as the kids know this story, I was thinking, oh, well, this is a pretty good, beautiful illustration of how to be thankful in these difficult situations that we are living right now in these days with COVID. And I was thinking, well, I need to prepare three points, how to be grateful, and then two or three other points, how not to be, you know, ungrateful like the others uh, the nine other, other uh, lepers that didn't came to give things to the Lord. But the more I read, the more I start to see that there is a lot of good things here that are for our edification this morning. And um, of course, this is a story to be thankful, but there is something more in this story that is part of the bigger and larger story or plot that the a writer of the Gospel of Luke is trying to tell us. And if we go a little bit back, if you remember, in the book of Luke, at the beginning, in chapter 1, Luke is telling us what is the purpose of putting these stories, of writing all these things in detail in this gospel. It's not just to make us think and reflect on like, you need to be grateful, you need to be giving thanks when you receive a gift or when you are healed. But the purpose is in chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, and says, for me, it seems good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, 
to write an orderly account for you, means for all of us. And more excellent Theophilus, that was the, the, the uh, first intended recipient. And then, verse 4, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have, have, have been taught. So, you see, there is something more in this story than just to learn how to say thank you. And uh, at the beginning of our verse, if we go to chapter 17, where we are finding this story, in the first paragraph, in the first almost sentence that we find in verse 11 says, on the way to Jerusalem. He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So, on the way to Jerusalem, this is not just a feeling part of the story, as Luke was asking uh, some of the people, what should I say to start this, this story? Well, well, on the way to Jerusalem seems like it's a good introductory um, to lead you to what you want to say. No, if we believe that the Bible is inspired by God and that God used the gospel, the, the writer of the gospel of Luke, we must understand that this is not just as an ornament in the passage says, on the way to Jerusalem. So, as we saw in the first chapter, the Gospel of Luke is telling us or is trying to answer two big questions that the people, and this specifically in those times, Theophilus was having, and the first one was, who is Jesus of Nazareth? And the second one is, why did he came? So, through the chapter by chapter by story by story, he is unfolding this answer in his writing. If, if we want to understand what is the meaning of on the way to Jerusalem, we need to understand why he is putting that passage, that phrase there. And the first thing that we need to understand is in previous chapter, in chapter 7, Jesus healed a son of a widow. That they were into a procession going to the funeral service and then going to put this son of this woman into the grave. And Jesus saw them, and then Jesus raised this son, and he presented to the woman and said, here is your son. So what we find in verse 16 in chapter 7 is that when the people saw this miracle, the people says, oh, wow, this is a prophet that we have among ourselves. So you see, it's a progression. Luke is telling us at the beginning, everybody was thinking that Jesus was a prophet. And if you remember in last week, last story, even the Samaritan woman at the beginning was telling, oh, was telling Jesus, oh, I know that you are a prophet. So you see, Luke is taking us in a progression here. But then... If you go a little bit ahead, in chapter 9, Jesus is asking, Jesus is asking his disciples, and he is asking them, who 
do you say or who the crowd say that I am? And we find this in Luke chapter 9, verses 18 to 20. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you, who do the crowd say say that I am? And, well, the disciples answer the questions. Well, some people says that you are John the Baptist. Some other says that you are one of the prophets. And some others said that you are Elijah. And Jesus asked them, who do you say that, that I am? So you see, that is the question that Luke is trying, the intention to answer there. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, you remember this famous uh, answer of Peter when he says, you are the Christ of God. You are the Messiah of God. And then, after exactly that affirmation, after that confession of Peter, then we see in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, and he starts to tell his disciples, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders. So he must suffer, he must be rejected, rejected, I'm sorry, by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed. And on the third day, be raised. So after this affirmation, then Jesus told them, I need to go to Jerusalem. And that's when we start this, this passage in chapter 9, verse 51. We hear Jesus is moving in the direction to Jerusalem. Jesus, verse 51 says, and Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. And so, during this lapsus, 9.51, in chapter 9.51, until chapter 19, that is what is happening in the book of Luke. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. Why? why he was going there. And you see that in between those chapters, 9 and 17, that Jesus was telling people, I came to seek and find the lost. That is the purpose. Why did I came to earth? I came to save and seek the and seek and save the lost. And you see that if you move a little bit in chapter uh, Chapter 15 in the book of Luke, if you go to chapter 15, you are going to find that very, very clear with three parables that Jesus is telling his disciples. And everybody, do you remember which, which parables we are talking about? The parable of the lost sheep, the first one, the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the Prodigal son. Who remember those stories? All of us. Do you remember, kids, the prodigal son? When Jesus was looking for the lost sheep, you remember that? 
Yes, it's, it's a very famous story, but it's in between Jesus going to Jerusalem and telling people very clear, I came here not for those who think that they are okay. I, am, I came here for those who need a doctor. I came for those who are lost. So these are good news for the, wor the ones who were lost, right? But was a warning for those who believed that they were inside of the kingdom of God. They were people in times of Jesus that they were thinking that they belonged to the kingdom of God because heredity, they were sons and daughters of Abraham because their background because their religion, because their practices. And Jesus was telling them, I'm sorry, but I can lift sons and daughters of Abraham from these rocks. It's not enough. It's not enough. And so now we know why Luke is saying, on the way to Jerusalem, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And when he was doing this, if you go with me, chapter 17, verses 11 and 12 says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood a distance, who stood a distance. You see, this Jesus, Jesus is almost getting into the city, but before he entered, he started to see these Lepers were coming to him. And you know, as Ana Patricia was saying, these lepers were outsiders. If you were a leper, you have nothing. I, I, th there is nothing left for you. You have no family, no wife, no kids, no house, no community, no friends, unless you have other lepers like this group they were 10 but nothing they have nothing so leprosy was a very very contagious so what is happening is with leprosy is like your skin start to become white and some pieces of your skin can start to fall fall off Painless ulcers on the soles of the feet appears. They lost the loss of eyebrows or eyelashes. Eyelashes, thank you. Numbness on the skin. They, is, they start to lose their vision. And they start to lose all sensations or feelings on the skin so they can be passing through and something cut part of their skin and they even notice that they lost a finger they lost part of the leg 
was a horrible disease. So that's why Ana Patricia is like showing us. They were all, all wrapped, and they were covered all his face because it looks like a cadaver. It's like a skeleton. These men at the distance, they were, when they were declared unclean by a priest, they were cast out. And every time that they were getting close to someone, they need to scream, unclean, unclean. Imagine someone with COVID screaming, COVID, COVID. Inhuman, right? Unthinkable. But this was the law. You need to scream that you are unclean. So, as we get, continue reading in verse 13, it says, and they lift up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When they lift up their voices, the word there is like phone megiges. That if you translate it, it's like um, phone mega. Change the order and it's like a mega phone. It's like a megaphone. That's what they were saying to Jesus, like with a megaphone voice. They were saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy or heal us. When they were, <clears throat> they, it's very few times he is using, they are using, and you find in the book of Luke, the name Jesus and then the name Master. It's very few times that you find this in the book of Luke. But he what they were saying to Jesus is, Jesus, you are the one who is in charge. That's master. It's like uh, the boss. You are the manager. You are the responsible of all these. They were screaming to Jesus, Jesus, we don't care what the priest said to us. You are in, char in charge. We don't care what the society is saying about us. We know that you are in charge. I don't care what this disease is doing to my own body. I know that you are in charge. And beautifully, when Jesus saw them, verse 14, and Jesus saw them and said to them, verse 14, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. The priests were like the purity inspectors or something that you will recognize, something like the Nova Scotia Health Authority. If you want to go back to normal, you need to go and pass the COVID test. I'm, I'm sorry, the leprosy the leprosy test. And then you need to wait for seven days for the laboratory results. 
in the temple. Do you find some similarities? Seven days in the temple, and then when the result comes, if you are negative, so then you need to wait another seven days, then you will do some purification rites. Like you will wash yourself, you will clean yourself, and you will be offering some sacrifices, giving thanks, God, for what happened to you. And after that, you will have your pass saying you are free of leprosy. You can go back to your normal life. I never, I never thought that we would be understanding a lot about leprosy with, with what we are experiencing right now with the COVID. But that was happening with this. Imagine the isolation of these people. Not coming close and not finding any vaccine or, or finding a solution for their problem. They were cast out almost forever. What Jesus asked them was, go. For them was like a step of faith because the only way that you can go to the priest was if you were clean, if you have no signs that you have COVID. And leprosy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm confusing. <laughs> if you have no signs of leprosy, then you can show yourself to the priest. And the priest will examine you, and then all the process that I just explained to you. So when they decided to believe Jesus, happened that they were what cleansed imagine imagine this from cadaverous faces emerge ears noses skin hairlines it's like a new skin came soft on them and they start to notice that something happened. It was like a new birth for them. And then we read in verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God, how with a loud voice, and what he did, he fell on his face, where at Jesus' feet, doing what? Giving him thanks. And now we have this bracket. Now he was what? Samaritan. So we don't have that scripture. Okay, it's okay. But you see, what is happening here? The story is not anymore about thankfulness versus unthankfulness. It is clear that the difference between the one who came and the other nine lepers is about seeing and not seeing. Because if you read again, the verse 15 at the beginning says, then one of them, when he saw 
when he saw that he was healed. So then he did these five things. He saw, he came, he praised, he fell his, fa he, he fell his face at Jesus' feet, and he thanks Jesus. So there is no surprise in this, in this story. Actually, probably the other nine they went to the temple and they were telling the priest, look, we are healed. We are so happy and we are so thankful that we are going to do the whole process to give thanks God because we were healed. Probably they were thankful. Probably for the rest of their life, they were telling this story to their sons, their wife, their friends, their, their kids. So you see, it's not about being thankful and being unthankful, this story. It's about what happened with these nine and the one who, when he saw what happened to him, his eyes were open. The outcast, the one who nobody wanted, was the one. His eyes were open to see that it's not only right to give thanks to God, but the only location, the only place to give thanks to God is at the feet of Jesus. There are many people, we know many people who use very often the expression, oh, thank God, nothing happened to me. Thank God I have a, yes, I have a job. Thank God I, I have a, yeah, I have a, some, some savings. Thank God my family is okay. No, thank God we, we, we are f f free COVID. For a lack of better expression, we use that, thank God, thank God. But unless you see, unless you understand who Jesus is and why did he came, you will never fall your face at the feet of Jesus and recognize that he is the only location. The only location where you ought to be thankful. And do you remember, do you remember what Jesus told his, this, uh, the, the Pharisees one, in one occasion? In John chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus told them, destroy this temple and I will, in three days, I will raise it up. And then if you continue reading in verse 21, chapter 2, verse 21, says, listen to this. But he was speaking about the temple of his body.
Jesus is the place where we worship God. Jesus is the place where we come in gratitude and we say, thank you, God. Do you remember this woman last Sunday, the Samaritan woman? He was telling, oh, Jesus, by the way, the Jew says that we, we need to go to the temple in Jerusalem. The Samaritans, we have this mountain, and we worship him. But what Jesus told, if you go with me to John chapter 4, chapter 4 says, verse 21, and Jesus said to her, Woman, John 4, 21. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. And verse 23, but the hour is coming and is now here. The hour is coming and is now here. Jesus was telling this woman, I am the place where you worship God. I am the place where you give thanks to God. At the feet of Jesus is the only way that we can give thanks to God. So you see, this sermon is not about just being grateful. Yes, it's part of that. It's about God opening our eyes to see who Jesus is. And there at the feet of Jesus, we give thanks to God. In the New Testament, there are a lot of Bible verses, and I just picked some of them. Some of these Bible verses says, giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. You see? He's at the feet of Jesus. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, whatever in war or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through, through Him. 1 Corinthians 17, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see? At the feet of Jesus. But thanks be to God who, we, who in Christ always lead us in triumphal procession. You see the connection between Jesus and God and you. That's why Jesus was telling, I am the way, I am the truth, 
and I am the life. No one comes to the Father if it's not through, through me. I have, a, I have people sometimes talking to me and saying, Marvin, I really appreciate what you were talking about worshiping God and about God, and I love God, and I, I know God, and I, I am grateful to God. But the moment that I start to talk about Jesus, this person, they said, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was talking about this God that is a force, you know, it's like the, the creator in everything and it is in everything and we are in everything. But it's clear here that the only way that we can really know God and enjoy and to enjoy being part of his kingdom is at the feet of Jesus. And that is what happened to this man when we finish this story. It says, we're 17. We're not 10 cleansed. Cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and to give praise to God except this foreigner? The outcast, the rejected, is the one who saw Jesus. And instead of going to the temple in Jerusalem or to the mountain to worship God and give thanks there, God was not there anymore. Jesus was telling them, the hour is here and is now. The true worshipers will worship God in the spirit and in truth. The only way we can worship God and give him thanks is at the feet of Jesus. And that is all this story about. Have you seen Jesus to the point that you run to him to give thanks to God, the Father? If not, don't worry. This is a process. Don't worry. This is a process. You see this American start saying that you are a prophet. Uh, probably you, you are someone very, very respectable. That you are a teacher. And at the end, the woman at the well was saying, I mean, the Christ is coming. And he was telling all his neighbors, I met the Messiah. And the same is happening in this story. The same, the progression is there in the book of Luke. Yes, they were thinking that he was a prophet. They were thinking then that he was the Messiah. And he was telling, yes, the Messiah need to die because I am the way. I am the only solution that can make 
possible a connection, a relationship between you and God. So, if you want to be grateful to God, you need to ask God to open first your eyes to see Jesus and then to run and worship him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful, beautiful illustration, beautiful story that point us to you, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will give us the faith, not just to receive the grace, the common grace that you give us, Lord, but to receive the grace of our eyes open to see Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, the intermediary between God and us. And as you open our eyes, help us to always give thanks to God the Father through Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up together and let's sing this beautiful song that I I really love. I pray that you will sing it with me.